Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. So I was looking online. I have a really old computer. I think it's a 7. I think they're up to 10 or 11 now. Anyway, mine's a 7. It has plenty, plenty of problems. Anyway, I went to my MSN page, and I saw this thing that caught my eye. <clears throat> and it said, the 18, uh, a list of 18 of our moral decay today. And I thought, <coughs> whoa, finally, somebody is agreeing with me, you know, that they're coming to the conclusion that there is something wrong with our world right now that there's something that's not right here on this earth. So the list included those things that we glorify but shouldn't. It included those things we invest our lives into but shouldn't. And here is some of the, some of the list, there were 18, I'm only gonna give you a few, of those things we put on pedestals, those people that we honor, we put on pedestals, we almost worship them. And then there, uh, Things and, and um, politicians we support, we vote for, we believe in them, we put our trust in them, and then we there are those that we support with our money, our time, we invest in them. We actually spend more time following their lives than we follow our own. We pride ourselves on having the most or being the most, or we place a great amount of importance on someone or something and become a slave to them. We spend all of our time thinking about that person or that thing, and we become its slave. So here's just a few of them. Celebrities, politicians, beauty, dominance and power, crime and criminals, they get the front page instead of the back page, right? That shouldn't be. Materialism, uproar and outrage. If you're a protester, you're right out there in front. And then there's news and media, Facebook, TikTok. We attach to those like they're actually our Bible. I mean, we read them more often than we do our Bible. And the fact of the matter is, is that they all exclude God and his truth. So yes, and because of it, we are experiencing moral decay. The hard fact is, even though they invested their lives into those things that I've just listed, they remain bankrupt. That's sad to say. And what do they show for their investments? Well, the more relevant question would be, do they know the Lord as their savior? Will they be remembered for their dedication to the Lord and his commands? He is the one who brings low the proud and exalts the humble and these people have those people who have served and do serve the Lord of heaven and earth will always be remembered by the one whose opinion of them counts the most. Not their beauty, not their intelligence, not, not their ability to read posts and not their ability to put posts, not their ability to make the most money. It's how they serve the Lord. It's how they are obedient to him. 
So scripture records many of God's great characters. And those people who left their mark on history, I love that word history because I always change it to his story is our history. So Joshua was one of those who served in achieving God's plans for his chosen people by his obedience. And I'm going to be taking most of um, jo uh, excuse me, Joshua 9, 10, and 11. We're going to do a whirlwind through the land of Israel as Joshua saw it. Sometimes, though, we have to look backwards. What happened then? Why? Why? What happened that, that brought us to this place right now? So that we can remember what the original plans are and what we are called for. So that we can go forward with God into our promised land. So Joshua 1, 1, 9, we have the beginning of Joshua's leading of the Israelites to conquer the promised land of Canaan. And up until this time, Joshua and Moses, Joshua was Moses' right-hand man. It said that Moses laid his hands on him and he received the spirit. He had the spirit of God in him. And so we, uh, up until this time, uh, Joshua was second in command. He was mentored and he was motivated. And he was modeled for by his uh, eventual position by Moses. Now remember at one point, Moses did not obey the Lord. Instead, he let his emotions get the best of him. The people were grumbling. We don't have anything to drink. You brought us out here into the desert to kill us and make us starve and, and not have water. And so they were really grumbling and Moses had just had it up to here. And he was angry. And even though he had talked to God and God told him what to do, he allowed his emotions to get the best of him and was kept from entering the promised land. And God says, I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. And that's Deuteronomy 34.4. Obedience to God's word is of high priority to him. Unfortunately, disobedience is always connected to a consequence. Moses paid a high price for something we may see as a trivial mistake. God told Moses in, the, in Numbers 20 to speak to the rock and it will pour forth water. But in the heat of the moment, when all the people were grumbling and he was just fed up to there with, with them, he hit the rock with his staff two times. And God said, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community my chosen people into the land I give them. So God cares about his reputation and how we present him to others. We are his representatives and we need to be very careful about how we represent God and his name. We could question God. Now, come on, God, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, one mistake. How could that be so bad? I mean, it did get the same result, right? The water did come out. But God views things different than man. Yes, the rock still gave water to drink, but there was a bitter cup of God's anger to drink after that. His 40-year dream of entering into the promised land would not come true. He took Moses up to Mount Nebo on 
the west side of the Jordan, excuse me, on the east side of the Jordan on Mount Nebo, and there he died, overlooking the land of Canaan, the promised land. So I'm going to go back to Joshua 1 and 1 through 9. That's that going backwards so we can go forward, okay? After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to you and them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. So no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong. Be very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. Do not that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written into it, written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. You want to be prosperous and successful? Get into the word and live the word. Receive it, believe it, obey it. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. <clears throat> so conquering the land of Canaan had already begun for Joshua at Ai and Jericho. The Israelites had built their reputation of their fighting power and the victory that brought fear to the people living in the land. All those people heard about the reputation of how God was fighting for the Israelites, and they really got very afraid. The Lord God Almighty was on the side of Joshua and the Israelites, and those who lived in Canaan served gods of gold and silver and stone and wood. They were carved images. There was no power in them, no matter what they thought or believed. And those, who do you think is the strongest? The Bible tells us that greater is he who's in me, in you, than he that's in the world and rules this world. So God always wins. He's the one who remains victorious. Before Joshua begins to complete the campaign to eradicate the inhabitants of their promised land, he reads to the people all the words of the law, the blessings, the cursings. He read it to everyone that were in the assembly. There was not a word of all that Moses had commanded that Joshua did not read to the whole assembly. And that's like two negatives to make a positive. But really what they're saying is, they're, going, they're saying in a long way that he read the whole thing to them. And they stood there and they listened. And he was encouraging them with the word. And we can encourage each other with the word. For that is God's truth. Not only did it encourage the people, but it caused them to remember who they were fighting for, whose they were, who they belonged to, why they were fighting, what were they fighting for, and who was going to be on the winning side. 
So God assures them that he will go ahead of them and deliver the victory into their hands. And Joshua 9 tells that all the kings of the west of the Jordan joined together to make war against Joshua and the Israelites. Now west of the Jordan, they've already gone through the Jordan. They've crossed over. God blocked the water up, dammed up the water so they could cross over. And now they're fighting on the west side of the Jordan. And the Jordan is that beautiful long river, starts here. This is the Dead Sea. The Jordan is going right up the center. So you have, oh, hello. Oh, I could sing that. So they're on the west side of the Jordan, and they join together. That's those five kings joined together to make war against Joshua and the Israelites. However, one of the kings from Gibeon, the land of the Hivites, was, had a clever plan and to protect themselves from destruction and to increase the chances that really the, the uh, Israelites would fight to protect them. They pretended to be from far, far away, with, and they appeared with worn-out clothes and moldy bread and cracked, dried-up wineskins. And they begged, we have come from a distant country, so please make a treaty with us. Well, here comes Joshua's mistake. Joshua made a decision based on sensual evidence, tangible evidence, things he could see and smell, hear, taste. Okay, he saw their clothes. It was old, tattered clothes worn out. He could see the bread had mold on it. He could see that the wineskins were cracked and dried out. But the Bible says he did not ask for counsel from God. That was his mistake. He didn't seek God's counsel first. So they tricked Joshua into making a treaty of peace, which was in opposition to God's command. Now the command says this, in the cities of the peoples that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance, you shall save nothing that breathes, but you shall devote them to complete destruction. The Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and the Jebusites, as the Lord has commanded that they may not teach you to do according to all of their abominable practices that they have done for their gods, and so that you sin against the Lord your God. He didn't want them having anything to do with them because he knew that, they, that that would drag them away from the Lord. The treaty was sealed with an oath by the Lord, and now the Gibeonites could not be touched. So instead they were allowed to live amongst the Israelites as slaves, cutting wood and water carriers for the entire community. However, they brought along with them their gods, their customs, and even their intermarrying, exactly what God did not want for his people. Consequences. The taking of Jericho and Ai plus the treaty made with the Gibeonites caused the king of Jerusalem to gather five kings and attack little old Gibeon, who were now under the protection of Israel. And Israel was called upon to save the Gibeonites. 
Again, God told Joshua what he told him before. Do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. None of them will be able to withstand you. And so it was. Israel won a great victory with God leading the way. And how did he lead the way? He threw the enemies into a great confusion. Then he hurled large hailstones down on the enemy from the sky, so many that more people died from the hailstones than they did from the sword itself on its enemies. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. And there has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a man. Surely now, just as God said, he put them right in their hands. And now the northern kings joined forces and brought war to the Israelites, and there was more fighting to do to secure the land. The Lord said to Joshua again, Do not be afraid of them, because this time tomorrow I will hand them, I will hand them over to the hands of the Israelites. They totally destroyed the enemy forces, not sparing anything that breathed. And just as God had commanded his servant Moses, so Moses commanded Joshua, and Joshua did it. He did what he was, what he said he would do, and he obeyed. He left nothing undone that the Lord commanded Moses, and then Moses handed down to Joshua. So Joshua took the entire land, just as the Lord directed Moses, and he gave it as an inheritance to Israel according to their tribal divisions. Then the land had rest for more for time. So what are some takeaways? I know I have found a few takeaways. And another thing is I, I got a better understanding of who God really is. This is part of his character. And you know, you can only believe what you know God to be. And what I found was seek God's counsel before big decisions. A Many, many men, you won't fail because of God's decisions for you. You will succeed and you'll be blessed. God fights for his people. If you belong to the Lord, you've already won the fight. He's handing all the plunder, all the spoils to you. All the victory. God watches over his people. He's involved and engaged in our lives. And nothing surprises God. God answers our prayers in amazing ways. So pray. God holds obedience to a higher standard of living for his own people. Whether it's 1250 BC when this was happening for Joshua, or if it's 2023 AD for us, the rules are the same. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy, successful, prosperous in Jesus than to trust and obey. The next one that I learned was God gives second chances. Now, when uh, Joshua made the mistake of not, not taking God's counsel, he didn't just lift him out, you know, destroy him like dust. No, he, it was his plan that Joshua would, would lead the people and he would have the victory and on and on it goes. And so... God's not going to change his plans just because we fail. He knows we are imperfect, and we do fail. But we belong to him, and he loves us because he is love, and he does not give up on us. 
God's plans are always achieved. With our help or without it, God doesn't need us, but he chooses to work out his plans through us. He uses us as agents for his plans to come to fruition. And I'm so happy he does. He, he wants to be engaged and involved in our lives and a partnership, just like a marriage. So God's, the last one, his commands still rule today. They're the same today as they were then. And they are fulfilled through Jesus into a new covenant. And that new covenant is in uh, Matthew 22, 37. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So he hasn't done away with the Old Testament rules, but he has compressed them down into two. And Jesus came and he fulfilled all the law and the prophets by those two. So as we look forward now for us, and we've already looked back, now we're looking forward, we have been given an inheritance ourselves by way of Jesus' death and resurrection. We have been given our promised land. We are co-heirs with Christ. And our promised land waits for us in heaven where we will find our true and eternal rest. No more moral decay. For Jesus fought and he won over the enemy. He won the victory over sin and death. And he has a special place for our enemies so that there won't be any survivors. So amen, amen, amen. 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 And so did something strike a chord in you? Would you like to share that with me? I would love it. All right, well then let's pray. Lord, we take comfort and encouragement in the fact that you are the same today, yesterday, and forever. And you proved yourself over and over that you are faithful and trustworthy and deliriously in love with your children. We give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor that your wonderful name deserves. And we ask in the name of Jesus, the name above all and every name, and we thank you now and always. Be with us and bring us into our rest. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.